0: Hi everyone, it's Melinda Garvey with the See It To Be It podcast. This week, we have another great interview with an incredible role model. Stay tuned. Hello everyone, welcome to the See It To Be It podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey, founder of On The Dot, whose mission is to provide incredible, relatable role models to you each and every week on this wonderful podcast. I'm so excited because this week is no different. I get to bring you yet another incredible role model. And today we welcome Phyllis Reagan, who is a leadership coach to entertainment and media leaders. And she also is the former global head of diversity and inclusion for Warner Brothers Entertainment. So lots of exciting stuff in her background, and I'm sure much more, but welcome, Phyllis. Look forward to talking to you today. I am so happy to be here and excited to talk to your audience. Before we get going into the real meat of what you're doing today, I'd like everybody to go way back and tell me what their big dream was. What did you think you were going to be doing when you grew up and what does that path look like for you?
1: I honestly thought that I was going to be in news broadcasting I had it all figured out. There was a newscaster in Los Angeles at that time named Connie Chung, and I just believed I was going to be the next Connie Chung. My undergraduate degree was in broadcasting, media, and I was all set for that life. However, that's not where I went. So I ended up deciding that I wanted to go into marketing communications instead. And really my path has been like this really uneven, probably not as well thought out as it needed to be. I was just all about trying new experiences. So I went all the way from marketing communications to then political consulting, and then over to actually leadership development, then DEI and then into the world of leadership coaching and also producing content. So I have a production company as well. So I was not one of those kids that was really aware of what they wanted to be and said, yes, I'm gonna be a doctor and that's their focus. I was that kid that just said, I'll try everything on
0: and see if it fits. Well, you did end up at least sort of in the entertainment industry, which, you know, I know newscaster, you know, sort of entertainment in that area. So, but just on the other side of it, and that must've been interesting. But um, first, I just want to talk to you just about what drove you to pursue what you're doing today, which is the leadership coaching and kind of describe, you know, what that title means to you. What does it mean to be a leadership coach? Oh, that's a great question.
1: So I was actually had taken some time off of my life from my professional life. My husband had passed away from cancer and he passed away when I was eight months pregnant. And so life as I knew it had shifted dramatically and I had to really think about what was I going to be doing? And really the focus at that time was just pouring into my baby and figuring out how to have a balanced personal life. Once he was a little bit older as a toddler, I realized I didn't wanna go back into actually working for somebody else. I'd always had a dream of my own businesses, so I decided to do just that. I launched my own leadership development business, one of a few that I've had, and just decided to morph and married together two interests I had. And one was business and leadership development and also psychology. So all three, I have an education and experience in, and I just could feel I was passionate about all of them. And being a leadership coach was really an opportunity to express all of those interests of mine. And then your question about what's a leadership coach, it's really a leadership coach is many things. It depends on who shows up when they want coaching. So sometimes it's about helping someone strengthen what they are considered leadership to be, how they are leading others, how they get others to want to follow them. And that could be looking across like, how well are you with messaging your communications? How are you doing with actually building a cohesive team? And then I have some clients that show up and say, yeah, but what about me, the personal me? I want to grow as an individual. I've got to figure out this work-life balance that's completely out of control. I need to minimize my stress. And so the focus of the coaching is around that. And the impact again is the people in their
0: lives, professional or personal, are uh, benefiting from the growth that they're making. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I think just being able to sort of customize that experience because being a leader really does mean leading in all aspects and I think that we've sort of learned that and especially through this COVID-19 pandemic and being quarantined you know leadership is not just how you lead in the office and so many people are dealing with personal things and just juggling kids and my 13 year old started school yesterday and you know he's had to interrupt me in the middle of a meeting today You know, there's all kinds and just showing up, you know, with that leadership and that vulnerability, I think is so important. So I'm interested just because you were in the corporate space for a long time and, you know, got involved in the DEI space, which is the diversity, equity and inclusion. I don't want to call it a movement, but I guess that it is a little bit of a movement, but certainly, you know, something that is absolutely necessary to be at the core in companies. And so I'm curious just about your experience, even your experience with Warner Brothers and sort of how that maybe shape what you think about what women and other diverse individuals need to be able to become leaders in companies.
1: Yes, and so it was interesting when I was at Warner Brothers, I was actually in the leadership development department, and I had a fantastic mentor, stakeholder, sponsor who poured into me, and she was at the top of in the C-suite area of Warner Brothers. She looked to me to lead the DEI Efforts And she was really about just holding a space for me to create something new that really could speak to this unique space of the entertainment media industry is all about relationship building. So she wanted, you know, strategies that could really speak to how we approached business. And what I found was, was a great opportunity, of course, to continue to talk about like our recruitment efforts. But what was even more interesting was why didn't we have productions with diverse talents behind and in front of the scene. Mm -hmm. And it really was about the relationship building, because if you don't know people that are unlike you, how do you build a production, right? With people just like that. So I created opportunities for people to get together in more casual environments to get to know each other. I would do these Friday socials on the lot and the creative executives would show up and then I would invite a specific community so it could be Hispanic community of creatives or it was black community of creatives and they would come and just mingle and just be people and then one or two of them would present an, a production that they were working on or something they were writing and this natural place of connecting started to happen and to this day 15 plus years later, I still get comments from executives that say that those opportunities allowed them to build relationships that they never would have had access to.
0: That's right. I think that is so critically important. And I was on somebody else's podcast yesterday and just talking about a lot of my focus is around women, but really building these networks. And, you know, the way that men have done it for so many years was hey, I got a buddy for that. Let me introduce you. And we have to become very comfortable doing that. And I think bringing people together that have that comfort level and will, can support each other is just critically important. So what do you think, and kind of sticking to you know, women in the workplace, what do you think are some of the greatest hurdles that women are facing in the workplace and probably some that you saw from your own experience working in corporate America and also some that you hear from your leadership clients?
1: I still have a lot of women clients, and these are high achievers with you know great accomplishments showing up with underconfidence. Some of them use the imposter syndrome to explain it. It's often more than just that. It's like a loss of allowing themselves to really believe that they deserve what they have. It's a loss in belief in themselves about that they have a voice and a place at the table they belong there and to really like spread out and wide at the table and take up some room, some real estate there. And <laughs> <So I> put <laughs> the elbows out. <laughs> <them> elbows out. <laughs> Make some room for yourself. So there's still that push. Certainly there are women that I coach that are very confident, and they're just asking for please include me when you are setting up meetings with major stakeholders. I want to be seen and heard, so the visibility is definitely one that a lot of female leaders want. And then there's the other side that are saying, okay, I don't know how to manage this, mm-hmm. and so it's really about one needs a path. They need people that really say, we're going to include you and give you a path, like we do the Mel employees. And then they're the other leaders, they need to do the self work really about, you know, my voice matters. And I'm going to step up and really take up that space and lead in a way that, you know, really speaks to what I've
0: achieved, you know, and who I am. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm interested. I think about a year ago the the study came out I think it was a University of Notre Dame study that basically showed that women who were in top leadership positions had a very strong group of women who had supported them along the way and the study further went on to say that even when they studied women who had a mixed group men and women supporting them didn't get to as high a position It was the women who had women behind them. So I'm curious in your own personal experience, do you find that the women who are struggling with that confidence gap often don't have their tribe, if you will, their people, their supporters, their posse? I find that so intriguing
1: that you would say that because I would say a majority of them don't. So they are on a team, a leadership team often with men. And so they don't have someone who has their understanding sees things from the same lens that they do, they're not having the kind of support you would have. They certainly aren't having someone that's like saying, let's figure out a way for you to move forward. So they're missing mentorships, they're missing peers that see things the way that they do that are of the same gender. Mm. And so when you don't see it, right, you don't have it as a role model, it really does become hard for you to find the confidence when you don't look like anybody else in the room, certainly don't sound like them. And then you're trying to like find the inner strength to speak up in a place where you're one of few.
0: Interesting. Well, and not at all to get into politics, but I'm just curious if you think that having a female vice president and of course a woman of color will have a transformative effect for women.
1: I do, but I think it's something even more interesting. I think it's gonna have a transformative impact on girls, young girls that finally say, oh my gosh, there's someone that looks like me, right? Me, the black young girl or me, the Asian young woman and Eastern Indian woman. And I have someone now that I turn on the TV that looks like my mom or my aunt or my grandmother. And now I can dream and I can envision that that can be me. It may not be me as the vice president, but it's going to be me somehow as a doctor or an attorney or the owner of my own business. And the more role models they have at that level, I mean, the possibilities just open up. It's just really
0: transforming the way you view yourselves and what you really believe your life can be about. Yes. Interesting. Very, very interesting. In fact, I remember when Oprah won the Lifetime Achievement Awards at the Golden Globes a couple of years ago. And she said that she never would have believed that she could have become what she became if Sidney Poitier hadn't been, you know, an actor and hadn't won an award. I mean, it just was so interesting because just that role model of seeing someone who looked like her, the same color as her, you know, made that big impact.
1: And I remember that as a child when the Cosby show was on, because it was like, oh my gosh, there's my family. That's the family I'm in. And to see it actually on screen at a time you just didn't see uh, families that looked like us or spoke like us or thought like us was really exciting and just made you feel like you you were being seen.
0: Well, and I'm curious, just because you're so steeped in the entertainment industry, not only with your clients, but also having worked in it, you know, in terms of particular challenges for women and certainly being a woman of color, what kind of hurdles did you have to overcome?
1: I had to overcome just always the perception when you're the only one in the room that people think they know you, they think they have an idea of what you're going to say. They already have biases built up, whether they realize it or not. And so you're constantly aware of it, right? It may not be something that anybody else might pick up, but you know, when you walk in, they're really challenged by your presence. And then the more authority you have, the more they're challenging. You're pushing your elbows. Yeah, pushing your elbows. (laughs) Spread it wide. I was very confident. And so I walked in and felt like you need to be listening to me. I have something to say Mm. where I know that that wasn't always welcomed in all spaces. So that's still a challenge. It's still not a lot of women, and particularly black women or Hispanic women that are at the senior leadership levels in entertainment media companies. So those that are still having those same experiences of I'm one of few and I have to really, you know, bump up against a lot of this kind of discrimination and bias towards me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Switching back a little bit to some leadership tips, because we can't let you leave without giving us us some of those, since you're an expert. Um, You know, a lot of people are having challenges with leading virtually, you know, where we're um, you know, not working at the office, all working from home. So what are some tips that, that you give your leaders on how to, how to continue to lead in this virtual space? Yes. So first thing is let it go. It's never going to look like it was before,
1: right? So a lot of them entered in and was really excited about the idea that we're going to have our staff meetings and our one-on-ones and I'm going to have it all organized. And then they realized that their direct reports were unfocused, productivity had lowered, because they forgot about the whole person was challenged with people in their work environment. You know, the stress of worrying about your health. And so they had to really pause and come back toward being more approachable and approaching. And so allowing themselves, first of all, to be vulnerable and say, yes, this is challenging and I'm challenged too. Things aren't working out as I thought also. And let's figure yes, out. my dog interrupts my my zooms as well, right?
0: <laughs> my dogs, happens, my
1: all kids, us. <laughs> yes. and so just being more human about the whole experience, and then also, you know, still having these well-being check-ins. Make sure you're checking in. People at different points of this uh, time that we're in are having different experiences with stress, and so making sure you know what's really happening, and then. Have fun because your team still needs to connect with each other. So whatever that is, you know, make room for people to know each other still, to talk as human beings, to laugh. And when you do that, the productivity goes up higher. People are able to focus in on the work. But it's really just approaching this in a different way and lowering those expectations that it would look like it did before.
0: The virtual water cooler right? Absolutely. That. It is interesting. I've talked to so many people and their two biggest challenges. I mean, of course, everybody has Zoom fatigue, but part of it is they're like, I'm not meeting anybody. I mean, I'm on Zoom with my team all the time. And then to your point, all we're talking about is work because you're sort of like, there's this whole group there. Nobody really wants to interrupt and people want to get going. And, you know, so it's kind of interesting. People aren't taking the time just to be human you know with each other and so i think that's such important advice for sure as we close up here so what is the best advice that you've gotten over the years is there a piece of advice that is your go to or that you like to share or something you live by
1: yes so i always say that my mother gave me the best advice and she always said live your life for yourself Go get what you want, and your dreams stop waiting. You do not want to wake up and say, "I wish I should have, I could have," and so just live what's really inside of you. It's there for a reason, and just commit to yourself.
0: That's awesome advice, and sounds like you took it. That's good.
1: mother <laughs> would be proud. Yes, I took her advice on that, yes. <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, that's awesome. Well, Phyllis, I thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing so openly. You have such an amazing experience and we really appreciate it. So tell everybody where can they, if they want to look you up and find out more about you, where can they find out, or even if they're looking for some coaching? Absolutely. So they can head over to my website, which is
1: phyllisreagan.com or follow me on any social media platform. I'm at
0: R. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And we will be watching and seeing what you do next. Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the See It To Be It podcast. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free weekly newsletter featuring a new woman to watch each week. And check out over a thousand more featured women at onthedotwoman.com. Know someone we need to feature? reach out at OnTheDotWoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.